You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. There's some meditations that uh, I believe God wants us to, you know, look at this morning. And um, I desperately, you know, lean on the Holy Spirit and trust in Him to navigate us so that everything will add up and be a blessing to you and to me as well in Jesus' name. And um, this began from, I just heard... Or rather, I said, I don't know whether I said or I heard. You know, when you say something, you hear what you say. So sometimes you don't know whether you're the one saying or it's being said to you. But Jesus is real to me. How many of us here have Jesus real to them? How many of us know that Jesus is real? Jesus is so real that, um, you know, even though he's not the exact place, but if you go to Israel, they say this is where he was born. This is where he was baptized. We actually went to where he was baptized. And, um, you know, we, this is where they had the last supper. They think they believe they had that last supper. Jesus is real. And um, this day in particular, we have the privilege of sharing the communion, which is what our Lord Jesus Christ said that we should do. Praise the Lord. He said that we should do this as often as we would in remembrance of him. So he wants us to constantly, you know, keep ourselves in remembrance of who he is, what he represented, but above all, that he's constantly, concurrently, currently real in our world today and to be real in my life. And the truth is this, you know, those of us that are Pentecostals, we are so quick to call some people, you know, that what they do is religion. But if you're not careful, if we are not careful, what we do will become religion. If we can leave Jesus in church and go home, or if actually you come from your house to come to Jesus to worship him, then you're actually practicing religion. Because when we gather here, we bring Jesus with us. When we lift up our hands together, we worship Jesus together. When the service is over and we disperse, we all go with Jesus. When you go to work on Monday, you go to work with Jesus. If he's not all of that to you now, then this morning, by the grace of God, you would press him so that he becomes, that's what he is. Because there's no point, I think it was last Sunday we were talking about Thanksgiving. There's no point as a human being, you know, who is conscious... I can decide I have breathed oxygen. Let me stop breathing for some time. Does anybody do that? I've been breathing. I came to church. All of us are breathing. Let me go and not breathe. Does anybody do that? It's part whatever I'm doing. Even when I'm sleeping, I'm breathing. When I wake up, I'm breathing. When I'm eating, I'm breathing. As I'm talking, I'm breathing. Why? Because it is life. Remember, Jesus Christ says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and then what? I'm the life. If he's the life, there are no breaks from him. Praise the Lord. He's that real, okay? So that's just as a background how and where I think the thoughts came from. So 
if um, I'm not able, if we're not able to deliver or just take this one and go. And the Lord will bless you in Jesus' name. Okay, now a, a question uh, was, was asked. And this question, I don't know who asked the question again, whether it was me or it was the Spirit of God. He said, why will a good God, are you with me? Why will a good God, the God that the Bible says in Exodus 34, 6 and 7, you can put it on the screen, that abounds in goodness. Okay, Exodus 34, 6 and 7. He says, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Seven. He says, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Verse 6 says, good, abounding in goodness. While with this God who abounds in goodness, why will he allow or watch over the destruction of the man he had created? How come Genesis 6, you know, happened? Have you ever thought about that? And you know, these are some of the questions or the arguments people, defenses people put. There is no hell because a good God can't send people to hell. There is no this, there is no that. And all kinds of arguments. And it was said, why? Why would God, you know, create man, look at man, say, let me make man in my image and look at all that he had created and say, this was good. Why will he now, you know, look at the same world and destroy it? Come with me to Genesis 6. We see something there. From verse 5. The Bible says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was what? Great in the earth. And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. 6. He says, And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. 7. So the Lord said, what will I do? He says, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them. Eight. He said, but Noah did what? Found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So had it not been for Noah, everyone would have been destroyed. Now, the Bible makes a statement here from verse 5, please. He says, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, who is this man they are talking about? This man they are talking about is the man that the Bible says in Genesis 1.26 that God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Isn't that what God said? Now, did he succeed in making man in his image according to his likeness? Okay. So that was his intent. And he created that man. Then now he looks at the man he made. And God is good, abounding in goodness. But he looks at the man. What does he say, man? Wickedness. Do you know that if God didn't destroy man, God would almost be unjust? Praise God. The Holy Spirit will help us. Okay. So... Man that God had made in his image, according to his likeness. Let man have dominion over the fish of the sea. Let man rule over my creation. The same way, let me look from heaven and look on earth and see man ruling the earth just the way I would have done. Praise God. 
Let God look over, you know, and see that, ah, how is it happening there? I, I would have wanted this done. And he says it's done. I would have wanted this done. And he says it's done. He looks here. Oh, this is what I would have done if I were there. And he finds out Adam did it. What would have happened to God if he saw all of that? Sorry? He'll be happy. He'll be pleased. Because that's what he wanted. Praise God. That's what he wanted. Now, the Bible says to us, Revelation 4.11, a passage we know very well. We're going somewhere. It says, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Why? It says, for you created all, how many things? All things. And by your will, they exist and were created. Now, can we look at the King James Version? It puts it in a way that will help us better. He said, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. He said, For thou hast created how many things? And he says, And for thy pleasure, and for thy what? Pleasure. And for God's pleasure, they were what? Created. So this place says, For thy pleasure, they are. That word are means they remain. Is someone with me? And it was for this pleasure they were created. So you see now, for Nigerians, those who are in the legal uh, profession, can you see and being used there? And says they were created for his pleasure. And they exist for his what? So when intent is not beheld in actuality, God reverses. I don't know if someone is hearing me. In Genesis 6 verse 5, it says, God saw the wickedness of the man that he had what? Created. And that his intention was what? Evil continually. And verse 7 went on, it says, and the Lord was sorry. Why was he sorry? Because what he intended was not what he was seeing. And because what he was seeing was not what he was intended, it only made sense for a rational being. To destroy what is not representing what it was meant to be. Are we together? Praise the Lord. So we see that it was necessary for God to destroy that world. Why? Because that world has shifted from its intention. From God's intention. From its original design. Man was supposed to remind God of man. Man was supposed to remind all creation of God. So, God looks at man and he sees himself. Creation looks at man and they see God. But what happened? When creation looked at man, they saw evil, they saw wickedness. And when God looked at man, he didn't see his image. So, what does he do? He destroys man. Why? Because man was supposed to give him pleasure. But Genesis 6 says what? God's heart was grieved because of man. May you and I not grieve God in Jesus' name. Brothers and sisters... You see, I want to try, I don't want to say I want to talk about purpose because it's one thing motivational speakers, you know, but it's part of it. The definition of purpose says the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. That's its purpose. Now, when a maker, a creator, creates something, he has something he's looking for, right? That is what is purpose. So, this is what it was made. And we've seen that God, Revelation 4.11, God created me, God created you, God created all things. Why? That they give him pleasure. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, so, purpose is the reason for which a maker or designer created something. 
Now, another word that I want us to throw in here as we move on is the word liberty. Praise the Lord. In all as Christians, the Bible says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free, right? Now, sometimes we take words and um, just apply them in the way that the one who intended that word to be used will also be weeping in his heart. Liberty, the world says, is the power or scope to act as one pleases, isn't it? So you say, allow me to enjoy myself. Allow me to enjoy. How many know that song? Now, when someone tells you that, what immediately, where is he going? Sorry? Don't advise me. Isn't it? Don't advise me. I want to be free to do whatever. That is the dictionary definition of liberty. The power or scope to act as one pleases. And it's, a, it's liberty in a sense. Is liberty in a sense if something came into existence on its own. Which means, you know, we're here now and then, you know, something, this microphone just drops from nowhere. Then the microphone should be at liberty to do what he wants. Right? If he wants to be bouncing up and down like a basketball, he should bounce up and down. But the microphone didn't make itself. So, liberty for this microphone cannot be to bounce like a basketball. Because the one who made it didn't have a basketball in mind when he was making it. So, if this microphone decides to start bouncing, it will be called lawlessness. It will be called disobedience. It will, it will be called sin. Now, the, the, the makers of this microphone, I think it's Sony or some. Now, if Sony saw this microphone bouncing up and down, would they be happy? They will be sorry. They will recall. They will pull it back. Are you with me? Why? Because this microphone is no longer fulfilling the purpose for which it was made. Is someone following me? Now, liberty, properly defined, is freedom to do what you were created to do. Praise the Lord. Freedom to do what you ought. You know that word in English is a very strong word. You ought to know. You ought to have done this. It's freedom to do what you ought. That word ought is binding but is liberating. So it's freedom to do what you ought to do. So this microphone was meant to magnify voice. That's what it should do. If it does it, it pleases its maker and it blesses the people. If it doesn't do it, it displeases the maker and causes all kinds of obstructions every other place. Now, you and I must begin to reaccess our lives in that vein. God made me. The Bible says, speaking concerning Jeremiah, it says, before I formed the Jeremiah chapter 1, sorry, 4 and 5. It's, and thus the Lord says, it says, before I formed thee, what? I knew thee. Okay? And knowing you, what did I do? Before I found you in the womb, I knew you. He said, before you were born, I sanctified you. And what did I do? I ordained you a prophet to the nations. You can imagine if Jeremiah decided that he was going to be the whiskey of his generation. What will he be doing? Will he be giving pleasure to God? He won't. And amongst men, no matter how they interpret what he's doing, he'll be creating chaos. 
Because the creator of the world is intentional. There's something you're to supply. There's something you're to supply. And when everybody supplies what they should supply, there's peace. That's why there's so much chaos in the world. That's why there's so much war. Do you know why? The amount of money spent. Oh, Lord, have mercy on us. Do, do you know why there's hunger and all kinds of things on earth? Because men and women are applying the wisdom, the skill, the knowledge, and the intellect God gave them to do what God didn't give them to do. I don't know if you've seen a cartoon, a cartoon where so some people were sitting at a table feasting, okay? And on this table were politicians and army generals and all of that. And it was a bountiful table. Everything was there. They were eating. Now, economy and health and everything was somewhere starving. Why? Because the people who run the world, they would give 90% of their resources to make arms to kill. But they would not give enough for people to eat. So you realize that in the world, we have a problem of world hunger. But we don't have a problem knowing how to kill people. Every day, mankind is finding ingenious ways of killing man. Factories, you know, multi-billion dollar factories are running, are being supported. They're not, you know, looking for funds. Why? Because they're producing weapons. That will help man to kill man. That's not what God designed. Is someone getting me? But it's freedom in a sense because this is what they have. But it's freedom disconnected from the maker. That's not what he intends. Okay? So still saying that. So to Jeremiah he said, I ordained you a prophet to the nation. So it's important you know what was I ordained for. Praise the Lord. Now... I may be able to speak a bit about myself. At a stage in my life, before, you know, God had mercy on me, because I like music and I like dancing and I like shows, as at primary school, what I wanted to do was be an international dancer. I wanted to be an international dancer. As at secondary school, I wanted to be a designer. I think the dancing, I hadn't dropped it. So I actually went as far as getting a logo for my designs. Now, as at the university, I've become wiser. You know now what I wanted to do at university? I wanted to make money. Because I knew that dancing and designing won't give you all that power. So I just needed to make money. In fact, that's why I studied accountancy. Because I'm actually more passionate about architecture. I like drawing. I like designing. My uncle asked me, said, all the houses your father is building, how many architects is he paying? Those days when people wanted to build... They take the draftsman to a building and take him around the building and say, add this one, add this one, remove this one. So architects weren't getting jobs, <laughs> you know. So I switched. He said, who holds all your father's money? I said, the bank. He said, hey. So I said, let me go where the money is. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let me follow the money. <laughs> you know, that's how I ended up as an accountant. I'm telling you the truth. Okay. Until God, you know, came and had mercy on me. But that's how people run through life. Asking themselves what they want for themselves. I know sometimes they tell you to discover purpose. What do you like? It's not what you like. If I were to discover my purpose based on what I like. John, you're not singing. I will sing praise and worship. I will round up. I'll sing special number. I'll sing benediction. I'll sing every. I so like to sing. So you don't discover purpose by what you like. You discover purpose by what the one who created you sent you to do. Praise the Lord. Okay. Another person that we see is purpose in scripture, Pharaoh. 
That one is interesting. And I needed to explain it a bit because some people will have an issue with it. Exodus chapter 9 verse 16, speaking about Pharaoh. God said to him, thank you. He said, but indeed for this purpose, I have raised you up that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Now listen to what is happening here. You know, the nation of Egypt had held captive God's people. And God wanted to bring them out. And he had sent Moses back to say, go to Pharaoh, say to Pharaoh, let my people go. And they were going back and forth on this. So at the point, God actually added this message to Moses to tell Pharaoh. Okay? To tell Pharaoh that you're actually not running this show. Praise God. He said, I raised you up so that when people think about you, they will know my power. May that not be our portion at all. We don't want to be on that side of God's purpose. Praise the Lord. This side of God's purpose is the side of God's purpose that you will come to an, a, an event and they'll bring concrete blocks. What are concrete blocks used for? For building. Simple, for building. Okay? But you come to this place now and they line up the concrete blocks. And I come and I say, Wah, yeah, yeah. Wah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What am I doing? The blocks are no longer being used for building but i used to what demonstrate my power god said pharaoh this thing you're doing in fact can you give us the 15 16 and 17 and from uh, the living bible so you follow me this is not necessarily part of this but so you understand it for you this is what god said read it for me everybody god said i could have killed you all by and when I heard this, I read it. It told me about some people in my country. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you think, ah, this man, ah, he's so strong. No, he told Pharaoh, the reason it appears to you and to people who are looking at you is because I want to use you as an advertisement. He said, I could have killed you all by... He said, but I didn't. Is it because you are tough to kill? No, he said, no. He said, I didn't. Why? For I wanted to demonstrate my power to you and to all the earth. Now, he says to him, so you still think you are so great. Do you? And defy my power and, you know, refuse. Are you getting perspective here now? So, I want you to see how big God is and how intentional he is. And for somebody listening to me, this is a word. There's a challenge that you're having and it's appearing as if this mountain is too big. God said to uh, Zerubbabel, he said, what is that mountain? You see, only God is I am. Every other thing is what is that? If you know the I am, you will no longer panic. If you get to know the I am, nobody can threaten you. Except that threat is coming from the I am. He said, what is that mountain? He said to Jeremiah, he said, is there anything too hard for me? He said to Moses, is there, is there anything too difficult for me? You want meat in the wilderness? There are no animals. There are no fishes, there are nothing. But I'm God. What did he finally do? There is wind in the wilderness. Moses didn't factor that. So what did God do? He sent wind. And he brought birds. And he filled everywhere. And they had as much meat. Why? Because he's the I am. He's the I am that never has a question mark. Whatever he wants to do, he's able to do. Whichever direction he wants to go, he's able to go. Nobody can stand in front of him. Praise God. It's important you understand this because some of us here, there are so many situations and men that are looming large over us. And it's as though this man has blocked my road. 
It says, I could have killed him. I could have sacked that man. I could have turned everything over. Are you with me? It says, but <laughs> I didn't. Why? It says, I wanted to demonstrate my power. So be expectant to seeing the demonstration of God's power in that situation. Somebody receive it if it's for you. In the name of Jesus. So he said to him, that's why I kept you. Okay, so we've looked at Jeremiah Pharaoh. Then let, let's look at you and I, Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 verse 10 talks about you and I. This is what it says. It says, for we are his workmanship. Okay, let's start from 8, please. 8, so we have the perspective. Who are they talking about? Ephesians 2, 8 says, For by grace we have been saved through faith, that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. Verse 9 says, And it's not of works. Okay? This means that I didn't get saved because I qualified. Praise God. I didn't get saved because I was a good person. I didn't get saved because it, w- it would have been good. You know, you look at some people. It say it would be nice for this person to be saved. Don't we know some people, you know, that are so intellectual, that are so gifted, and you just wish, oh, this person will be an asset to the kingdom. Now, in God's football, he does not need Messi or Ronaldo or Mbappe or anybody to win. He can throw soccer balls from the back of the post and it will be goal. He can drop it there. The goalkeeper will know when he came. I want you to get how big God is. You see, every time you come to the house of God, when we do praise and worship, it is just preparing your head to adjust from what you were thinking to what God really is. Someone's listening to me. God is bigger than you're thinking now. And he will still be bigger than you think after you live here. That's why the psalmist say, magnify the Lord with me. God is big. I say to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, immeasurably more than all that you can what? You know, asking. There are some things you can't even ask. Praise God. Because you don't bother to ask. Then there are some things you think you don't ask. There are some things you don't think. He says God is bigger than all of that. Are you with me? So nobody is actually such a blessing that he must come in. No. But the mercy of God wants everybody to come in. That is the good news. So we should desire that all be saved in the name of Jesus. Okay, let's move on. So, same Ephesians 2, 9, 10 now. So it says, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And you know, this happens to us, you know, to the best of us and to, you know, some of us. Sometimes you look at your life and you just look at the people around you. You're born again, they're born again. But, you know, you're born again a medical doctor. You're born again a professor. You're born again a rich man. You're born again a handsome man. You're born again this. And you begin to look at people around you as though they should be grateful for the fellowship of you. If that is not so, you know, no, nobody will think he does that. Praise God. There is nobody here having said this who says me. But can I tell you who the people are? If you're not serving with the brothers, that is who you are. If you're not serving with the sisters, that's who you are. You know why? Because if you went to IBB golf course... And they said they wanted to do something on Tuesday afternoon. You will not miss that meeting for any flimsy excuse. Because you feel your mates are gathering. But when you come on Sunday, you do the little, you know, just honor God a little. But the rest are for those who must be grateful they are saved. You're too busy. You're too big to gather with the other people. Say, this thing is happening in church. Say, yes, I know. And immediately in your mind, you factor the type of people that should be there. They don't have jobs. 
They don't have meetings at Hilton. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. So, it goes on. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. So, he saved me because he wanted to display something. That word workmanship talks about an artistic production. It's a design. It's a construction. Not even construction doesn't really capture. It's an artwork. That when he finishes, he appends his signature and sits back and looks at it and says, this is good. So the Bible says, every one of us, you and I saved, born again here. It says we are his workmanship. God is looking at you. God is looking at me. And before he saved us, he said, this is what I want to be seen in you. And they broke it down for us. It says, this creation was made in who? In Christ Jesus. What was it to produce? It was to produce what? I can't hear you this morning. No. When the pastor doesn't hear his people, you know what the advice? Fasting. That's why I'm just announcing it to you. So, better speak. You see, <laughs> when I don't hear you, it means the flesh is heavier than the spirit. And the flesh needs to be... You see, I've started hearing you now. You don't want to fast. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Okay, so we, we are his artwork, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. So there's no doubt what I should produce. I should produce good works. Amen? Your wife should be blessed because you're born again. Your husband should be blessed because you're born again. Your neighbor should be blessed because you're born. You're producing good works. It says, which God prepared beforehand, that he should what? Walk in it. So there's a path that I should walk in. There's a path you should walk in. This is what I have. This is God's intent for me in Christ Jesus. So still going back to purpose. This is what he purposed for my life. This is what he purposed for your life in Christ Jesus. Now, if we are not walking in this, we are endangered. Praise the Lord. If I'm not walking in this, I am what? Endangered. I leave that and I I come from another direction and, and trust God to help us to tie this together. You see... This purpose that God has is in Christ Jesus. And the Bible speaking concerning our Lord and Savior Jesus talks about why he It says in 1 John 3, 8, it says, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that what might happen, that he might destroy the works of the devil. For what purpose did Jesus come or was he manifested? That he might destroy the works of the devil. And my purpose is in him. So what is my purpose? You know, going from there. My purpose is what? I can't hear you again. No. To destroy, to join my master or in my master to destroy what? The works of the devil. Now that immediately tells me that I am not in family environment. I'm not in friendly environment. We are in enemy territory praise the lord we are where because the bible you see the devil is going to be locked up at a time for 1000 years and at the time the devil is going to be locked up in the bottomless speed forever but for now the devil is not locked up and the de- devil is not bound for now the devil is actually moving about the bible says he's the prince of the power of the air and he has a lot of you know people working with him so now I, you, we are in enemy territory. So any thinking, any suggestion that removes from my consciousness that I'm in a battle, 
is trying to deceive me. Any suggestion that removes from me that I'm involved in a battle. The way I have it written here is that we are in a battle. One, we are involved in a battle as it is now. You see, you were just on your own. Like somebody explained it and it was such a perfect illustration. He said, if the president of a country. Now, let's take it now. I'm Nigerian. How many Nigerians are here? Okay, we're Nigerians. Okay, thank you. Holy Spirit. Now, some time ago, Nigeria wanted to declare war against Niger, right? Okay, so if uh, the president, not Nigeria, if the president declared war, you know, against Niger, you know, no matter how friendly you and Nigerians are, automatically you are at war with them, which means we are implicated in the war. Nigerians will no longer be friends to you because your nation is at war. The same way it is for you and I. In the kingdom, so we're involved in a battle, we're implicated in a battle because we are Christians. Because you're born again in this war, the devil is out to finish you. Praise God. But the good news is that our captain has already finished the devil. Can somebody put his hands together for that? So there's no fear. Because now I said it, I lost some people. They say, So you mean the devil is out for me? No, the devil wants to buy you flowers and cakes and meat pie. Yeah, that's what he wants. He is so gentle. No, he's moving about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may what? Devour. So we're implicated in this battle. And it would be a pity if I, if we do not engage in this battle. That's where I'm going to. You see, the safest place where there's a fight is not hiding. It's being involved. Because like they said, attack is the best form of what? Defense. So, many Christians, unfortunately, incidentally and interestingly, are not aware of the scope of this battle. So, they want to live life as smoothly, as peacefully, as, you know, unperturbedly as possible. So, you, you just want to, you know, go to work, come back home, you know, buy your car, sit down, watch uh, Asna versus Man U. You know, sleep, wake up, take your children. That's what you wish. If it were possible, you and the devil will sign. Don't trouble me. I won't trouble you. The devil will willingly sign that agreement with you. But you know what? He's a liar. Everything he says is a lie. So you can't even hold on to him. What am I saying? We're in a battle, and this battle, like we learned a couple of Sundays ago, has no off moment. He comes at it from every point. Now, remember we said our purpose or the purpose of our master was to destroy the works of the devil. Now, I'm now going round and round to say to you and I here that when the Christian, when I fail to know what that purpose is, it becomes almost difficult to resist this enemy that I have or better still to destroy his works. If I get at any point confused as to my purpose, now the Christian... Is going to be blessed. The Christian wants to be happy. The Christian wants to be all of that. But no soldier in the middle of war wants to be happy. What does he want to do? He wants to do the bid of his commander and return home safely. He wants his side to win. Am I right? Praise God. Now, let's keep that on one side and we're coming from another side now. How many of us know the Wright brothers? I believe I'm correct. Wright brothers are the ones that invented the airplane, right? We heard about them. What problem were they trying to solve? Speed in transportation, right? Okay. Are you sure they were not interested in in-flight entertainment? Hello? 
How many of us have flown? You know how some airlines will advertise they have the most current movies? I sure they're not interested in, you know, uh, first class lounges and um, all of that. Have a meal 33,000 above sea level. That's not what they were about. They didn't think about that. Are you sure? Did you see the picture of, of a passenger plane in 1950-something? Did you see the picture? He had iron chairs. Okay? We're going somewhere. Are you sure that they weren't trying to take shopping from the ground and put it on air? So you can do, you know, sky shopping while you're on air. You're buying wristwatches and pens and all of that. That's not what they were trying to do. That wasn't their desire. But are all those things part of flying now? They're not the purpose. Along the line, sir, if you understand purpose, you must be willing to gladly let off anything that is not purpose. The faithfulness of your master will see that you will fulfill purpose. Remember I said you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which he prepared when? Beforehand means he's already prepared. You shouldn't be able to fail in it. If something has been prepared, Haba, can I now fail in it? I can't fail in it. I ought not to fail in it. But when the Christian does not understand purpose, he can fail because when he's tempted, the devil never tempts you in purpose. He tempts you with in-flight entertainment. He tempts you with, you know, uh, meals on board. He tempts you with things that are not core to who you are. And because Christians don't understand it, we fight battles that are not necessary. Our Lord Jesus the one who loves us more than anybody could or can. You know what he said to me? You know what he said to you? He said, if your good eye will cause you to sin, will cause you to miss purpose, what did he say you should do? He said, pluck it out. That's gross. He said, if your right arm, the right arm he intended is the arm that, you know, the one that is active. So if you're left-handed, you know, he said, if that one is going to be the problem, what should you do? What's he trying to say? He's trying to say, contend for purpose. People of God, in a sense, I can stand here and tell you, the Christian work is easy. In a sense. When your focus is what? When your focus is what? Purpose. It's easy, sir. It's easy, man. When all I want to do is do the works of him who called me. When all I'm seeking is the praise of the one who called me. When all I'm seeking is the approval of the one who saved me. When all I'm looking for is the applaud of the people who are in heaven. If that is what I'm looking for, it is easy. But when I want to fly from here, you know, air tickets are going up now. The time I started flying, you know, uh, the first flight we had abroad, it was a bit luxurious. We're actually even from the... Uh, business class lounge but you see at a time i wanted to travel and if they gave me permission i could have been washing toilet from nigeria until they landed me in the u.s 12 hours journey you finish using i enter i know like those people that work at bathroom just wash then go what i know is that when they are disembarking from the plane i'm also disembarking they're not taking me back don't we live in a country where people are hiding under ships just to go out. Because they have one thing in mind. They want to arrive at another place. When the Christian catches a revelation of purpose, he's going to be unstoppable. But the challenge is that we have ourselves distracted with too many things. And the people you're dealing with have no destination. 
you may remember some friends you had in school who like they said there was nfa no future ambition these people could travel anywhere at any time put a party on wednesday in sokoto they will leave enugu and go to sokoto whatever it is they'll go you know why they were not looking to have a scorecard that they would take home at the end of school so they were free to do anything the average person you're interacting in with this world has no heavenly purpose is someone hearing me the people that are, you're counting let me use social media now. the people you're counting likes their likes of whether they like what you say don't have purpose they don't have the purpose you have they have that freedom of doing what they want so they're not thinking what does the, my master they have no constraints we say dog when we're doing the uh, outreach prayer work and evangelism yesterday and my wife said this dog is area dog that dog there's nobody that gives it food but he can't starve because by the time he leaves uh, number one junction if he doesn't see akara here it will see yamia if he doesn't see yamia he will see corn <laughs> you know the dog is just everywhere but if the dog belonged to one person if the owner didn't feed it he wouldn't eat there's some people that you must not look at them to measure your life unfortunately and incidentally we that are christians have taken our eyes off they said looking unto jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy we've taken our eyes off of jesus and we're looking at the world the world has no purpose is someone hearing me those people no they don't they have no testimony to keep the one that they are dancing to all things are welcome you can do anything just make the money you can do anything and just be famous I'm sure you know, I mean, most of us here are mature. I'm sure you know the latest scheme now. When a musician or one of these people are beginning to get out of the news, they do a sex video and leak it. And then foolish people who also have no purpose. Why will you give your eye that thing, kind of thing to see? May the Lord deliver you as well if you ever looked at it. Do you understand? And then you now, and then the thing starts trending. Before, what they used to do abroad was that they break traffic light. Because they've not been in the news. The person hasn't sold music. Nothing has happened. So he'll break traffic light. They'll arrest him. Then the news will now carry. So, so person was arrested in, at LA, you know, at Amalsa Junction, LA, for breaking traffic light. And then he gets back in the news. And then you people remember he existed. But the devil has opted now. If nothing is happening, they tell you do it now. And they tell you people who did it. And you see it works. So imagine if your desire as a Christian is to become popular. How can you have that desire? The Bible said concerning John the Baptist, he said he shall be great how? In the sight of the Lord. That's where the Christian pursues greatness. That's where the Christian pursues relevance. That's where the Christian pursues approval. That's what it is. That's what the master came to do, sir. He came to purify for himself. Let's go to Titus 2, please. A zealous people, a special people. Titus 2 from verse 11. Talking about our Lord Jesus there. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to how many? All men. Okay? It has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly laws, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in where? In this present age. Why? We are at war. Be sober, be vigilant, because what? Your adversary, the devil, is doing what? Like a roaring lion, he's walking about seeking whom he may devour. Do you know that an animal that is fasting, trap won't catch it? It's simply talking about desires. It's simply talking about pursuits. It's simply saying that a Christian who wants Christ and Christ alone will finish well. 
But when you're in this life, there'll be in-flight entertainment. There'll be movie options, blockbusters. There'll be, you know, uh, first-class lounges. There'll be more executive seats, maybe window seats, house seats, you know, whatever. All those options will be there. But remember, the main purpose you got on that plane is to get on the other side. In fact, they've improved it now. They say your safety is paramount. Isn't that what they say? Which means they want you to arrive. Whether you enjoy the journey or not. And it's the basic for the Christian. I as a Christian, what the Spirit of God assures me is that I arrive in the place where I began from. I arrive in him. Remember, we are created where? In Christ Jesus. So my success is that I return home. Hello, somebody. My success is what? That I return home. If I do all that I do in this world and everybody raves about me. Have you heard? Have you seen? Have you noted? And at the end, I don't return to my maker and hear from him say, well done. I have failed. Okay, let me put this to us. If something is created, if a product, okay, let me take my phone now. This phone is a Samsung phone. And if Samsung, I think uh, my brother used the actual word, recall. If Samsung at a point says everybody that has this particular brand of phone, Samsung, you know, Ultra, whatever it is. Please bring it back to us. And we take it back to Samsung. And they start crushing all of them and destroying it. What does that say about the phone? Sorry? What, what would that say about the phone? It means that there's serious issues with the phone. Very serious issue. But if this same phone now, God forbid, you know, a child takes it. And decides to use it to try and kill a lizard on the wall. And the phone breaks off. What does it say about the phone? Does it devalue? Does it make nonsense? Does it remove the value, the worth of the phone? It doesn't, right? Why? Because the person who destroyed it is not the maker. Listen. Uh, Holy Spirit, help me. I'm going somewhere. Your purpose. Are you listening to me? Your purpose is that thing which in pursuit of death is not too much a price to pay. Lack is not, loneliness is not too much a price to pay. Abandonment is not too much a price to pay. You know why? That's the purpose. Holy Spirit help me. People don't do it these days. But many years ago, when people bought cars and they fixed comfortable Ufostri in the cars, most then, then it used to be fabric. They will use nylon, white nylon, and line the seats so that the old tree won't spoil, right? I know those days there were no air conditioners. So the old tree of the car will remain white, clean, but they will sit on nylon and be sweating. The maker of the car put the old tree for your comfort, but you want to be seeing it like when you bought it. So you pay someone to use white leather to wrap it so when you see the seat it is white as when you bought it but when you sit on it it's soaking all your clothes why because you don't understand purpose anything for its purpose that suffers is not a shame anything for its purpose that unquote is humiliated is not humiliation if for righteousness sake jesus said you're persecuted what did he say blessed are you but what do we Christians see it as? Anybody that is suffering is cursed. 
because we have missed purpose. We have entered into on-flight entertainment. Purpose is that thing for which you need not explain to anybody once you're in. You're pursuing purpose. You don't need to explain to anybody why you're not rich, why you're not married, why you don't have this. Once you're pursuing purpose, what is this purpose? For this reason was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the world. Once you're destroying the works of darkness in your life and everywhere, you're fulfilling purpose. My testimony is not how many people that are following me. My testimony is that my master, I'm following him. That's purpose. For purpose, anything should go. Praise the Lord. Some of us, you know, Pastor Nah, these your shoes are nice. Okay? Pastor nice shoes, you know, everywhere. Gigi, nice shoes. So, you have this nice set of shoes. You can sew very beautiful nylon plastic and cover the shoe. Because, you see, if you go out with those shoes, stone will be under. Then when you, you know, a, a new pair of shoes, the sole is beautiful. I actually like looking at the sole. Very beautiful. Then just once. You just wear the shoe once. You've not worn it the second time. Stone. Sometimes, you know, wicked people chewing gum. All kinds of things gum on the sole. So why don't you sew nylon and cover your shoes? So that when you go out, some people, when they buy new shoes, this is how they walk. Are they here? You know why they're walking like this? They don't want the shoes to have crease. Okay, what they're doing is that for purpose, they're compromising comfort, and that's where many of us are. If I ask, How has this year been for you now? You say, Ah, tough, nothing worked for you, but you were fulfilling purpose. You didn't get into fornication, you didn't get into adultery, you didn't steal, you didn't cheat, eh? you didn't do 419, you didn't support who you shouldn't support because of money. You didn't temple for somebody you shouldn't temple for because of money. Do you get what I'm saying? And then the world will make you think you failed. No, you're fulfilling purpose. The one who created you is looking at you and he's saying, have you considered my son? Have you considered my daughter? That's what it is. Now, am I saying that all the other things will, no, they would come in as the maker pleases. I don't fight for them. The moment I fight for them, I become meat for the devil. Because I don't have defense for them. The only place of my defense is in the pursuit of my purpose. That's why the Bible says the love of money is a root of all evil. For which many having pursued have what? Have had their consciences seared with hot iron. Money is not bad. It's the love of it. The love you should have is love for righteousness. Zeal for your house has consumed me. But for many Christians, zeal for money has consumed them. Because that has become a measure of knowing how God blessed a Christian. A blessed Christian. Ah, that brother, God has blessed him. You don't know what he did. I won't tell you people, if you heard the testimony we heard in church on, at throne room, that's why you should come. To be careful who you think may hit it. Because they may really have hit it. They may really have what? Uh-huh, they may really have hit it. And you're looking at them. Ha, this guy has hit it. You don't know what they hit. Let's rise on our feet. Let me try and close. Heavenly race, I no go tired. Heavenly race, I no go tired. Heavenly, Heavenly race, I no go tired. I no go tired. How many are singing that song from their heart? Listen, you know, like I said when we were praying, we are getting to 20 years. 
And if at 20, we still don't understand what we're about, then there's a big problem. The Father's Church, maybe I'll just tell us a bit of the back. When we're about to start the Father's Church, and I was talking with um, the Assistant Provincial Pastor, beautiful, you know, born again, elderly man, wonderful. Pastor Chris, I think it was both of us that were there, it was only me. And the man said something. He said, I care, I know you. This is the way he said it, you know. He said, I care, I know you. He said, God will bless that work. In five years, you'll be like this. In my heart, Lord have mercy on me. In my heart, I said, five guinea. Five years, okay. In two years, we'll be like what he was saying. 20 years, I don't even think we are there yet. You know why? I was looking at in-flight entertainment. I was looking at meals on board. But do you know why there's a father's church? There are too many churches in Nigeria. In terms of too many, just allow that word. But more than that, we are to be a witness for purpose. That's all. So if you come here to count seats and count number, you will be discouraged. If you come here for them to give you meal on board, you'll be purple. For this reason, the Son of God was manifested. And what might that he might destroy? But when you come here, you see the devil destroyed every day. When you come here, you see lies of and deception of the wicked being exposed every day. When you come here, you see the only master being exalted. No two masters. There's no champion. We were playing yesterday and just a little play. But the Holy Spirit constrained me. They would say, who is the senior pastor? How can I be senior pastor? Everybody's not senior pastor. Then I appear and say I'm senior pastor. Fear not they catch me. I'm a brother. I get what I'm saying. We are here as a witness. There's the, listen, the church is Christ's bride. Jesus is the head. He has not retired from the church. When you see some things happening in church, no, Jesus doesn't own it anymore. Listen, if you go to a particular house, there's a way, in fact, not house, there's a way drivers drive a car on the road. You know the madam is not in the car. The way some people are doing church, you know Christ, the owner of the church is not there. I'm telling you people something. He's the guy there. When the guy is there, there's the way you behave. I get what we're saying. But this is for you because we're coming to the end of the year. You must know that God created you for a purpose. And that purpose is as sure on his side. And the devil can't abort that purpose. But he can distract you. He can make you start pursuing after what is not. He can make you start being discouraged over what he's not counting. He can make you feel excited over what does not matter. He said you're the ones who seek honor amongst yourselves. Unfortunately, the thing is becoming too difficult. When I go to a place to minister and they're introducing me, they're reducing my anointing. That's the simple truth. The best introduction I need is, this is my brother, this is my friend. And I, when they start saying all these things, I'll just be saying, Holy Spirit, forgive me. Because when you now see, 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 you see, they say he preached to this, he does this, he does this. He, who is he? The he that is here, that is sweating inside, that doesn't know what to say. By the time you finish saying all of that, one has to start building up and building up. Many years ago, it was my wife that helped me. When they call me to preach, I don't greet people. I just go and I just, you know, just worship God and then start ministering. When I finish ministering, then my eyes will clear. I say, hey, good morning. Thank you for having me here. But I'm learning. God is merciful. I get what I'm saying. But the message for you this morning is that for purpose, everything can go. 
Are you with me? Everything what? Everything can, you must have that on the, for me to please God, I don't have to be rich. You know, when I say these things, please don't imagine that I'm not coming from somewhere. When I left the banking industry to, you know, to just serve God and learn God and to do this, my plan was to be a billionaire and then fund God's work. And I had it planned out. Because in that season, there was something that was raining in church, treasurer. So I wanted to be in that group. You know, I was in the group already and I wanted to continue. So just, you know, just come down. You know how some people sit in church, the way Johnson just puts his hand like this and he's just looking, you know. When pastor says the type of things that you agree, you will vote in that one with your money. You just add this one. If they say the one you don't agree, you put your money back in your pocket. Do you understand? Voting with your... That's what I wanted to be. I just wanted to, you know, have that liberty. But God had his own designs. And I've told you here that when you see my marriage, I know that if God had given me riches without what he did for me, I don't think my marriage will work. Just the same thing I was talking about the church. You know why? Because God knows the purpose he raised you for. If you miss it, ah, accidents will happen. That's why you see so many people, unquote, successful in one area, but there is shame in another area. They miss purpose. So people are looking at them and say, ah, he's so this, he's so popular, she's so this, she's so that. But she has missed it completely out of line. And once you're out of line, the devil rolls his sleeves because he can come at you. This morning, we want to refocus. Praise the Lord. I say we want to what? Let me tell you, there is no greater joy. Jesus speaking about the parable of the, he says to them, he says, well done, thou good and faithful sir. He said, enter. There is no joy that know you fulfill purpose. There is no joy. You got in the morning and come back and you know that today I obeyed God. In this office, I honored God. When that man spoke to me, I honored God. When, you know, I had that situation in traffic, I honored God. When you get back home, there is no joy. No wine can shack like that wine. I want you to ask the Lord. That's where I want to be. In the center of your will. It's purpose I want. It's purpose I want. Lord, it's purpose I choose. Lord, it is purpose I choose. It is purpose I go for. Forgive me, like me that said, that he, he mentioned a number. I said, two years. Lord, in any way I've set my eyes on what is not, please turn my eyes away from all that is worthless. Turn my heart away from all that has no eternal value. Set my heart on purpose. There was something that in eternity, God looked at you and said, he would do it for me. Heaven looked at you and said, she will accomplish it for me. They looked at you and said, you will do it for me. That's what they, before you were born. Lord, may my years on earth line up. May my days on earth line up. You are God. Who ordained my days? Oh God, thou art my God. He said, throughout my transition, you maintain my, you keep me where I ought to be. If it's not being done, ask yourself, must it be done? There's a scripture we looked at recently and I find it so we pray. This is our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. John 12, 27, please. Hallelujah. This is our Lord Jesus speaking. And what had happened here, you know, several things had gone on. And the soul of the master here is troubled. 
And you know, he's the beloved of the father. And whatever he asked the father, what would the father do? The father would do it. So he said, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? He said, father, save me from this hour. If he had said it, the father would have saved him. If he had opened his mouth to say, father, save me from this hour. Ah. All the Sanhedrin, Herod, and all the people that were about to do all that, they would have evaporated. He would have remained. But what did he say? He said, but for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, let thy will be done. Today, he is king of kings and lord of lords. Today, he's been given the name above every other name. Why? Because of purpose. If he was saved, that position, he would still be the son of God. But he will not now be exalted and given the name above on earth and beneath the earth. I want you to pray, Lord, take me into the center of my purpose. And every deviation, I receive wisdom to be restored. And somebody's listening to me today. I know I'm talking to somebody who almost you're discouraged because you didn't get the add-ons. Some things around you don't look like it, but you're hearing my voice and you've been steady in purpose. Lift up your head, daughter. Lift up your head, son. Lift up your head, child of God. Because the God who keeps you in purpose will not keep any good thing from you. I'm not done with the message. It says no good thing. What it means is that whatever is necessary, he will bring. But if it's not necessary, he knows how to say to you in that situation, my grace is sufficient. And then the person he said it to was not complaining. Because he also realized that his grace was better than what he was asking. God is saying to somebody here, I am here for you. I want you to talk to the Lord. Lord, restore me. Where I missed it, restore me. For somebody saying, Lord, open my eyes. Let me be planted in the center of your will. Where I give you delight. He says, thou art worthy to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou art created all, all things. And for thy pleasure, let Ikena exist for your pleasure. Let my marriage exist for your pleasure. Let my business exist for your pleasure. Anything that is not your pleasure, Lord, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want. Let this job that I have, let this appointment that I have, let this office that I occupy, let my membership of the Father's Church, let my position, my being in the Father's Church, give you pleasure. Let my stay, let my being a Nigerian in this day, 2023 November let it give you pleasure why am I a Nigerian why am I hearing what I'm hearing why do I know what I know why am I exposed to what I'm exposed Lord let your purpose prosper in my life you've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church we are sure you've been blessed we invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.